Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, where I am joined by my good friend, Fort Anders Hubs, Evan Swords. Evan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. So I need you to walk me through this uh, BFF tattoo adventure that you went on this weekend. The good folks can check it out on uh, Mr. Evan Swords on Instagram, follow you on Twitter at Burner Swords. But uh, for the good folks that were not following along this weekend, like myself, um, what, uh, what, what, what prompted this and what, uh, what ended up happening for you? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's funny too. Um, I didn't actually realize this until my friend pointed it out, but this is now my second tattoo. I got one when I was 19. And my The tattoo I got when I was 19 is very important to me. I still, although it might be kind of a dumb 19-year-old tattoo, still, I still love it. And, you know, it was, like I said, it was very important. Uh, but I, I have a big tattoo on my chest that's in Latin, right? And it's basically about perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't gotten a tattoo in 14 years since. You know, I have, I've had some ideas, but just nothing really made sense. And I kind of thought about it, whatever. And, I, you know, I was like, you know, I got this tattoo. This thing is really big. I was like, I don't want to get another tattoo again unless I know that I want it. And then so about a year ago, me and my best friend, Chris World, who we've been best friends since fourth grade. Um, you know, we were talking about tattoo ideas and I think we saw something and we were both kind of looked at each other like, yo, that would be really cool. And it, what it is, is if anyone is familiar with Marvel Comics, um, and obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the creator of Marvel Comics is a legend named Stan Lee. Um, you know, he is kind of like the father of comics in, in, in many ways. Um, he's known for always doing um, cameos in all of the Marvel movies, you know, from Iron Man to Thor, the Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and one of the things that he is most known for is the catchphrase Excelsior. Um, and that's another Latin saying. So now I have two Latin tattoos and I didn't mm-hmm. realize that. Um, you just really wanted to ingratiate uh, yourself on this podcast because you knew without me telling you that I took four years of Latin in high school and two in college that you were just I had like, no idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's I part of the no reason idea. this, this back and forth works is because of the, the Latin, the Latin uh, connection there. That, yeah. So Excelsior means ever upward mm-hmm. right and uh you know he he definitely created kind of uh you know an ethos kind of uh, of using the word excelsior if anyone's familiar with uh the avengers age of ultron mm-hmm. um movie uh, there's a part of there's a scene in the movie where he uh, he's doing his cameo and he's playing a very old war veteran while they're having a party and uh, Thor's like, I've got this alien, you know, liquor drink that's too powerful for humans. And he's like, I stormed the the beaches of Normandy, buddy. Like, give it over. Um, and then he, when he's clearly, you know, like hammered drunk and they're walking him out, he goes, Excelsior. So, yeah. So, anyways, uh, me and my best friend are both huge Marvel uh, fans and have been for a long time. We read comics growing up and 
and uh, we were like, yo, this would be a really cool tattoo for us both to get. So we were uh, we had no plans to do it. But when he was in town, you know, he got in. Um, and this is where we can ing- involve the sports. Mm. He's a huge Titans fan. and He's mm-hmm. never been to a Titans game before. Um, so I got four tickets uh, for him and his girlfriend and me and a buddy to go to the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were, he was in town to watch the game. And he was like, hey, should we get that tattoo? And so the morning of, we called. Was it a we, sober experience? Uh, the idea in the moment was, but we had been drinking most of the weekend okay did it hurt what was the where did you get this tattoo so it's on right above kind of above my knee on the mm-hmm. th- left thigh okay um and it, it so i haven't had once again i haven't gotten a tattoo in 14 years mm-hmm. um the beginning when they're you know doing the long lines of the letter mm-hmm. that that was definitely painful because it's just kind of you know digging um so what do you, but, what is your reaction? Do you hold it all in? Do you do you yelp a little bit? Who I, handled I it better? Kinda, you were the I, best friend. Oh, he definitely has many more tattoos than I do, so okay. he handled it much better. Uh, I still think I handled it fi- just fine. Uh, you know, the tattoo lady was just kind of like, mm-hmm. "How you know? How you doing? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it okay?" And I was like, "No, it, this is terrible. <laughs> this is not enjoyable, but I'm fine." You know, and I was like, that's just kind of how I was, you know, I am as a person. I'm like, I'm not going to pretend it doesn't hurt, but I'm okay with it. Uh, but as she kept going, it, it honestly, like, I don't know if my leg just got used to the pain or numbed or whatever. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it felt fine. And towards the end, it, it was, wasn't bad at all. There's no chance I can, uh, I can do that. I, I've, I've never gotten a tattoo. There's zero chance that I think I could withstand the pain i have a very low pain tolerance i don't think it would it would go well for me i have a very low pain tolerance too mm-hmm. and i can say you'd probably be fine i don't know evan i don't know you say that you say that i'm a coward in just about every measure okay I in, i've never been in a fight mm. uh i don't like physical pain mm. um you know like i'm the kind of guy when they're like you should do a cold bath like get in the ice bath i'm like no that's uncomfortable i don't want to be uncomfortable um so I, I very much so align with that. And I think that uh, you'd be pleasantly surprised how not that bad it is. I used to work with uh, somebody who um, they started every morning uh, with a ice cold like shower, but they had to stay in there for like 10 minutes, but like ice, ice cold, like frozen, just no, no warmth whatsoever. And then they would go outside and run a mo- like couple miles and they were like, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not starting my day with a, uh, a freezing cold shower and i'm not saying I've, I've been told the same i've mm. and I've, I've had uh the exact same belief that you just said they're like you know you got to take an ice cold shower when you wake up and i'm like mm. no i <laughs> refuse to ruin the, my day at seven in the morning mm-hmm. and they're like you'll just you'll feel so much better it's good training for you if you ever and i'm like no i don't need to train to uh, to survive the elements in that uh, context, I think I'll be okay. I think I can I can be okay with uh, my hot showers because I take scorchers. I don't know if you're like me, Evan, but I'm a I'm a scorching shower person. Like if I'm not burning, I'm not doing it right. Oh, 100 percent. There there is. I need to just be at the far, furthest end of the spectrum on mm. pain. A hundred percent. Like if I'm not ashy coming out of there, then I did something wrong. Um. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Um, well, we'll get into your your Niners, which is which is not good. And for the first time in a little bit, the, our roles have been flipped because it was a it was a bad weekend for your team um, and really your teams in general uh, with 
put the Ducks uh, playing down to their competition with the Washington Huskies. But um, my team's went undefeated this weekend. My baseball team won the World Series last week. Uh, things are pretty good on the sports first ball off, for me. First off, the, the mm-hmm. Ducks beat the Huskies Barely. by 10 points. Mm-hmm. Two scores. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're now ranked fourth in the nation. Mm-hmm. So check your tone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I'm terrified of the idea of them having to play Georgia. Well, they're not going to have to because they're going down to Utah in the Pac-12 title game. Like, you can go ahead and pencil that one in. They're not getting at least... Like, we can go ahead and, uh, pay, like, just cross off Oregon from a playoff situation because, well, A, the Pac-12 has not gone in the playoffs since Washington, what, five years ago? Um, it's what they do. This Oregon team with Anthony Brown is just not good. And uh, he is... He's a tough watch. I don't know how you're doing that week over week, but... Um, no, you're not getting through Oregon State and Utah and uh, back-to-back. Uh, and doing that undefeated. I'm sorry, sir. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're very wrong. Oregon State hasn't, has, hasn't in a very long time uh, lived up to any type of expectations. And whereas they're having a good season this year, there is still big lights football that will need to be played against Bigger Brother. Mm-hmm. And I have... I have all the confidence in the world that Mario Cristobal uh, is going to bring that Alabama attitude that he's got and come in and smack the you-know-what at a little brother. Okay. We'll see. Utah will be be a tough game. Yeah. I I think Utah is going to crash the party for the Pac-12 once again. Um, But we shall see. That's why they play the games, Evan Swartz. That's why they play them, and it's not just talking heads like myself, just making these proclamations uh we need to see what actually happens here um don't forget folks you can follow mr swords on twitter.com by searching burner underscore swords follow myself at chase underscore thomas uh make sure to go check out chase podcast.com for all the access to all of our previous episodes uh make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review if you like listening to evan and i on this very program you can get this podcast for every gear podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Um, make sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer, and send us an email. You can email us, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Um, Mr. Swords, it's time for our time, our team, the Niners and the Falcons. Let's start with uh, whew, with your 49ers, sir. What happened against the cardinals this weekend led by texas legend texas forever colt mccoy you know <laughs> i hate it that i even have to talk about this but uh, mm, you have to it's I, gonna be therapeutic I, I am glad that i am glad that i'm going to talk about it on this podcast because for a very long time on this podcast for many years now i've been saying the things that i had issue with mm. uh, when it comes to kyle shanahan I thought he's too hard on his players. Uh, his game plan was never made sense to me. You know, you're not letting Jimmy throw at all, literally at all, forcing them to run the ball. You know, everyone always complains that Jimmy won't take the long pass. I'm like, nah. Eh. I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan is a psychopath and he <laughs> needs them to do what he says. And so Jimmy's probably just throwing to where he's supposed to throw. But whatever. Uh, long story short, Arizona Cardinals have no DeAndre Hopkins, no Kyler Murray. Uh, they're out. Another starter, I can't remember. I think they have like four starters out 
obviously Kyler and DeAndre are incredibly prominent. And it did not matter. Uh, the 49ers completely, completely just gave up. I mean, they had Jimmy Garoppolo ha- uh, has played two, the last two games, including Chicago and Arizona. Jimmy Garoppolo has played the best uh, two game stretch he's had in a very long time. He, as of the, this week and last week, uh, is PFF's highest rated quarterback. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a perfect quarterback, but these last two games are a good example of what I have known exists for a very, very long time. When you let Jimmy just do his thing, um, and which it, and it very much so did feel like that. You know, we got to everyone kept saying, "Oh, the Jimmy of 2017 is back." Uh, I don't think he ever really left. Um, but you know, we had George Kittle back. Ayuk, who's been literally not getting the ball for the first five, six, seven weeks, whatever. Uh, Ayuk was targeted last week and this week, uh, seven targets or more. Ayuk looks like the incredible receiver that we we got to see his rookie of the year last year. Debo's Debo. You know, it felt like Debo, George, and uh, Ayuk, for the first time in a long time, all were really their incredibly talented selves. The only problem is, in the first half, Debo fumbled the ball. Kittle fumbled the ball. And both of those plays resulted in points. Um, you know, we could talk about the defense. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa is still absolutely incredible and was getting held all game long, uh, including a game-changing play where uh, he was um, – where there was a hold that, that basically gave them uh, a first down run and the referee was staring at the player getting held. Like literally staring. One of the most egregious uh, non-calls I've ever seen, and it resulted in a third and fifteen first down run. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I'm going to try not ramble because I'm I'm so frustrated. No, this uh, is therapy. This is you're speaking uh, for a lot of I think for a lot of 49ers nation right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know what what really bothers me most is. You know, and here we are again now, what, three and five or three and six. Um, you know, Diamandre Lenore, he, you know, he just had a baby, so he wasn't able to play today. But, you know, up until he, there was that 75 yard uh, t- passing touchdown he gave up like week two or three. They haven't used him since. Ambry Thomas who was drafted in the third round from Michigan, who did sit out all of last year because of COVID. So we weren't really expecting him to play this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't play an entire season of COVID, and then you start in the NFL. Like, I get it. But, you know, these guys weren't playing, and instead Drake Kirkpatrick and Josh Norman were playing. Josh Norman, who, who got signed off the street week three, uh, this is the guy who also recorded a hype video of him signing, like as if he was like LeBron James or something. Like, my next move is uh, the 49ers, even though he's Josh Norman's been trash for the last two years, mm-hmm. has had game changing penalties every single game that he's been in. Uh, PI, he had two PIs week one of his, or his first week, uh, another PI the week after that. Uh, last The last week, instead of a PI, uh, you know, it was like a holding. Um, 
you know, he was really just constantly. And then this week in what was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life, third down, Eric Armstead gets the sack. 49ers are going to get the ball back. But Josh Norman, who wasn't even involved in the play, starts talking crap with one of the players, bumps one of the players, kind of gives him a little headbutt, and then all of a sudden gets in into a verbal argument with the Cardinals coach, Cliff Kingsbury, to the point where he has to be pulled away by one of our Tavon Wilson, one of our, you know, kind of really young uh, safeties who, who's who's not like, you know, not like any strong personality on the team. He was just the closest guy to be like, yo, get away. And then Josh Norman pushed his own teammate, this kid. The dude has been terrible as, as coming in off the street. No one expected him to be good, but not only was he not good, but he was causing penalties every week that he's been here. And then finally, as if he wanted to just christen it with a little cherry on top, he gets in a fight with a player, a coach, and a teammate all in one play to get a 15-yard penalty, and the 49ers lost the ball. We've all been so there. Were, right? So there was so much, so many missed tackles in this game. Um, from mm. even you know some of our best players, whether it was Fred Warner, um, Aziz, uh, the 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 linebacker, the other linebacker, there was so many missed tackles. The the Forty Niners currently, I think, have the most uh, most receiver drops in the NFL. Hmm. Debo's leading the league with most drops, which is kind of a hard balance because he's also doing so well. It's kind of like okay, we'll take that. Um, but there was just so many mistakes. It was an incredible. We'd have a question about that because if yeah. Debo, like a lot of Debo stuff's underneath, like it's not like uh, deep stuff. Like, is he if he's up there and drops? Like, are these just failed screens? Like, how what is he dropping? I mean, no, no I mean, he's still getting normal passes. But um, I'm just saying, is it a lot of underneath stuff? I don't know. I just uh, like with Jamar Chase, it makes more sense to me. But with um, Debo and someone like that, it just it seems like that kind of receiver is not as prone to, to drops as other kinds of receivers. Yeah, I mean, it, I would definitely say that Debo's been getting, you know, last year Debo was known for the end arounds, yeah. kind of using him as a running back, mm-hmm. very much so been the opposite this year. Okay. So he has really been seeing the full route tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, You know who hasn't been seeing the full route tree? Hmm. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, no, he hasn't. And then, of course, Brandon Ayuk has one of the best games of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a very winnable ball game, like, mm-hmm. honestly, a lot of these losses were. But at the end of the day, Kyle has no control of this team. You know, you lose Robert Sala. He goes to the Jets, right? You lose uh, the the coordinator. You, you run game coordinator. Um, what's his name? LaFleur's little brother. Well, you have him, and then McDaniel went with him, right? No, Mike McDaniel is our offensive coordinator. Okay, he's still there. Okay, there was but someone else I thought that went with not, the floor. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure. But, but so, like, you know, you lose all of these coaches. You lose, mm-hmm. you know, DeForest Buckner, um, Joe Staley, right? Like, you're losing – you're starting to lose a lot of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan is just starting to become this boy wonder who maybe is a genius play caller because all game long people are getting open. Well, you know what's but interesting all- too is that like now, um, what are you guys three and five? Uh, yeah, three and five. Okay. Um, 
So one of the things about your team now is that like it seems like the tide is starting to turn a little bit on Kyle and John Lynch. I think it's kind of like a package deal if you move on from Kyle or you're out on Kyle, then you're out on Lynch um, because of the power that both both hold and just the, the dynamic in that front office coaching thing where it's like, didn't Kyle pick John Lynch? Wasn't that how it worked? Kyle came first and he was like, I want Lynch if we're doing this. Um, if I seem to recall, is that correct? Is that the the series of events? No, I mean, yeah, Kyle Kyle definitely came first. Kyle mm. did pick John Lynch, um, but you know, John Lynch basically put his hat in the ring and then talked to Kyle, and Kyle's like, yeah, that okay, I mean, that makes sense. But they also brought in Adam Peters because John Lynch yeah. had a great relationship with the Broncos, and Adam Peters was really kind of the you know up and coming GM mm-hmm. uh, candidate, and we've on. Personally speaking, there's been I think a lot of not great. Uh, personnel decisions mm. you know whether it was drafting cj bethard in the third round and saying we're going to keep brian hoyer and cj bethard instead of using the pick to take deshaun watson or patrick mahomes um you know there's uh, taking reuben foster mm. uh, clearly had issues all the way up to now taking javon kenlaw and trading away deforest Buck- buckner when javon kenlaw had no knee issues and as of last week, they announced that Javon Kinlaw is having his ACL fully reconstructed Ugh. now in surgery because it just had been too bad for too long. And, you know, Javon Kinlaw is a great kid. He's a great 49er, great attitude. And I hope his knee gets better and, you know, he gets healthy and he can play again. But when you're a team that has such high production from someone like DeForest Buckner, you can't afford to gamble. And so I think what we're looking at now is we've got kind of an arrogant coach. He gets, I mean, Kyle Shanahan gets in more fights with his players than anyone I've ever heard of. You know, whether it's Dante Pettis, who, you know, isn't the, the receiver we hoped he would be, but he's doing okay on the Giants, which is a terrible team. You know, Brandon Ayuk doesn't get the ball for all six first six weeks and then finally when they do give him the ball what does he do he's been a playmaker the whole time right george kittle uh they continue to use as a blocker he's getting injured all the time because he's literally being used as a seventh blocker instead of just letting him be the tight end that he is while you see you know travis kelsey's out there catching touchdown passes and it's just like there's so many little things where it's just like it's too loud to ignore now. You know, it's one thing when Kyle's being, you know, uh, kind of, you know, ruthless or argumentative or, you know, putting people in the doghouse and they're winning. But when you're three and five and you're losing all of the games that you should be winning, now the microscope's on you. Yeah, and it it's unfortunate for Kyle, too, is that, like, the NFC West is just... Uh, the Rams are so good, and like I think we'll see what happens after this week. So I, I I don't take too much out of that uh, game from Hal for Stafford in that one, but like the Cardinals, I think at this point we can just pencil in as legit. The Rams are legit, and now Seattle's getting Russell Wilson back for Week Ten, so um, the pressure's on. And I think there's a realistic scenario where they finish fourth in this division, and we disagreed on this uh, coming into the year with the Niners, but. Um, I don't know. I, I I wonder. So from your perspective now, because um, there's still a lot of football left, we still got uh, double digit games left for for these teams that are really going through it right now. I know you're. I know you're not. You're not. You're not going to dare say is there a chance they turn it around. I mean, it's a possibility. Like the no, no, the no, Niners have no, a possibility. No, no, no. It is absolutely other than just from a 
numbers, you know, if they win all of these games, just statistically, they will then be, well, no, no. The 49ers lost to the Cardinals with no starting quarterback and starting best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, They lost to the Colts. They've lost to, uh, you know, the Seahawks, who had a terrible roster, but Russell Wilson this this team is done. The season is done. The only thing that's left, literally the only thing that's left, with the Rams and Cardinals both seven and one. You have to go and you start Trey Lance. You start Ambry Thomas. Uh, you start Aaron Banks, the guard they drafted in the second round, and had, literally it was a healthy scratch lot uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. You start your rookies. Uh, you play your players and you, you get them ready for next season. And hopefully you can make an actual run again with Trey Lance. But, but does that run include Kyle and John? Do you think they're safe? So, so here's my thing. Let's say you get rid of Kyle Shanahan. Who are you going to hire right now? The only real like exciting prospects are young or just, you know, either, either like young offensive minded geniuses, like, um, Kellen Clemens, is that what his name is? Who? Cowboys. Oh, Boys Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, sorry. Mm. Um, or, you know, like you have like uh, the Arizona, or excuse me, the the Chiefs, uh, Biennemi, uh offensive coordinator, right? These are all, those people are too much like Kyle. And I don't think you can bring someone in like Kyle, right? Organizations don't, generally speaking, do that anyway. They usually pivot back the other way, like... The, the Texans go from O'Brien to David Culley. The the Cowboys go from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. Um, the Falcons go from Dan Quinn to Arthur Smith. Uh, the the Lions go from Jim Caldwell to um, Mike Patricia. Like it, it, Marvin Lewis to Zach Taylor. They usually swing back and forth. They go the other way when uh, when you move on. So I would I would tend to to assume that they would go defense uh, a veteran de- like i would guess a veteran defensive minded coach would be my best guess on where they would go you know what i would, would you know what i would personally do if i was uh mm. jed york okay plain and simple mike mcdaniel listen man it's your it's your time to go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else right so we, we're, we're we're moving on from you mike mcdaniel mm. but hey you're you're a young off you know shanahan offensive uh, coaching tree guy right you're gonna you'll have a job somewhere so you bring in a really you know strong offensive minded uh, veteran coach to kind of be an assistant coach to guide Kyle but also to put a little pressure right like he needs to, Kyle needs that kind of not mentor mm. but like he needs to have some veteran presence there right everyone around him is a rookie and the man's a child in himself right like he's like my age he's 33 years old 34 whatever so he needs some kind of veteran uh, a person there D'Amico Ryan's straight up I apologize I thought this could be a really good situation but we don't have time for you to learn how to be a defensive coordinator you gotta let him go and bring someone in I, I said it before you should have hired Dan Quinn mm. Now Dan Quinn's all over over here having a great great time. Yeah, Vance Joseph is doing you know great things uh, with the Cardinals. Um, so no, I, I that's what I'm doing. I I don't think you can get a better head coach candidate right now than Kyle Shanahan, but I do think Kyle needs some reality. 
you know, he needs to have people around him uh, that are, you know, have veteran experience. So he isn't just the only guy in the room that, you know, can make a decision. I mean, even John Lynch, who is the, the GM, is not even really a GM because Kyle's the GM. So Kyle's the offensive coordinator. He's the GM. He's the head coach. And this is on a team where there's nothing but uh, instability. Mm. Well, we'll put a bow on the, <laughs> the Niners radio hour here on the Chase Thomas podcast. But right. um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and on the flip side, the Falcons, uh, they looked – it's so weird to uh, – I was I was not doing well around three o'clock. I, I want to say on Sunday, Evan. Like it was it was bad. It was it was bad in the Chase Thomas uh, household, and uh, I was struggling because it was twenty four to six, ten minutes to go. I thought the game was well in hand. The Falcons had done what they needed to do. Do like I tweeted out. Like Trevor Simeon was was quite bad um throughout the majority of this game he got benched and then they get Taysom in there and he had some big passes up the middle of the field and then they pulled Taysom and then uh Simeon immediately fumbles um it was it was a delight like I've enjoyed the last two weeks I mean if the Falcons had figured their stuff out last week offensively like they should have beaten the Panthers or better team than the Panthers but um I I very much enjoyed facing Sam Darnold and Trevor Simeon over a two-week stretch it was a delight it was great um both are really really bad nfl quarterbacks um so i enjoyed it that being said the falcons just they they went full falcons which is something you never do and as someone who's watched so many so many falcons games and as someone who who lived through 28 to 3 but also lived through the cowboys game last year lived through the bears game last year um I just had this sunken feeling where, oh no, we're this is going to happen. And um, if they had blown that game, which it came down to it because they ended up getting down 25-24 before Cordero Patterson, uh, great, great player, Cordero Patterson, doing it all for, for these uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, breaks open down the right-hand side, gets in field goal range. We can't even do that right, uh, Evan, because we fumbled the snap. Because instead of, or if Mike Davis fumbles um, running up, because... What we decided to do, instead of just kneeling and getting in the center of the, the uh, center of the field, so Ku has a straight shot and just running out the clock, burning the timeouts, and just getting to that moment, we ran the ball up the middle. And all the Saints are doing is just pinning their ears back, trying to rip this thing out, and they did. And we were incredibly lucky because that game could have easily ended in a Saints turnover uh, with that feisty group. It, they win in just horrific fashion uh, for Atlanta, but... Matt Ryan uh, putting up bonkers numbers this year. He's still an MVP type quarterback, um, but this group is not very good. And not having Ridley, just there's just a huge hole there. And I think this offense will be clicking pretty well if Ridley was in the equation because I think Pitts has figured out a lot of stuff that they're asking a lot out of a rookie there. Uh, Taji Sharp's just not the guy. Limited at Kia said two TDs, but they were just uh, little things that he was doing, so he's not a factor on offense. Russell Gage being back is nice as an underneath guy, but. They can't run the ball. Cordell Patterson does everything. Matt Ryan is just running for his life every play. But A.J. Terrell, uh, him being the pick over C.D. Lamb looks a lot better now. He is just, you cannot throw on A.J. Terrell. And he was great in this one, too. Um, but outside of that, uh, the Falcons take care of the Saints. The Saints are in trouble. Uh, they didn't do anything with the quarterback situation. It's not their fault that Jameis goes down. But uh, Simeon is atrocious. 
and uh, Taysom Hill, not a long, not a long-term viable answer at QB either. So Saints are going to have problems down the stretch here because there's just not a whole lot they can do. They can run the ball. Kamara and Ingram look good in this one, but uh, yeah, the Falcons uh, they survive and. Man, they came back and they almost just ended the game on just the most preposterous way possible. And uh, I'm glad that the Falcons did not do that because it ended up being a nice little Sunday. Went to Home Depot, uh, may uh, go do some other stuff. No, I forgot the entire the entirety of that old school reference. But um, yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I will say it is very nice to hear, uh, you know, that Matt Ryan is, is ha- having a little bit of a swan song. He's he's quite good, and that dude's a warrior. He's doing it all, man. Um, he's good. Anyone who talks about Matt Ryan in a way where it's like, oh, he's washable, it's like, no, you're you're simply not watching the games. Matt Ryan is still an elite quarterback in this league, and uh, he is burning one of his last prime years on this team that just they don't have the talent. They they're fighting hard, and I'm just not sure about Arthur Smith. He does some really questionable things that just uh, still drive me nuts. Like the Felipe Franks obsession is just really weird um i don't know we'll we'll see he's still getting the hang of it still year one so whatever but not loving it and uh i hope calvin ridley comes back soon because uh this offense misses him uh i have some news that uh, we should hit the the offspring you know the the hit that song that we're not playing uh live on air so (laughs) obj released and there's this entire disconnect and the way people talk about like your team might sign obj the seahawks might sign obj it's reported that that is his preferred destination maybe that works with russell wilson coming back but i mean you already have tyler lockett dk metcalf and pieces i don't know if he really does anything but it's also like i'm not sure obj like it doesn't matter like i just i'm not really invested it's like one of those things where it's an empty calorie type deal for me where I just, I mean, maybe in New England, who have a dearth of talent out wide still a little bit, like maybe he just helps things a tad and gets them maybe in the wild card conversation. But like, he's not flipping a, a team from pseudo contender to contender. And I understand why he wants to, but it's been several years. And I just think he's, there's a reason that he did still struggle in Cleveland. And there's a reason that Cleveland without him and with Baker's numbers without him are just weirdly so much better um i would love to pick baker's brain about this of like why it is and maybe it's just simply not having to worry about finding him uh because obj is such a strong personality and you want your you just feel the need to find him because he's just so good but, but except for the fact that he hasn't been even trying i mean that's right the video that his dad obj's dad points out like he's not looking towards him even when he's open so i i mean you could just say maybe they just don't like each other but then well hold on so that's the thing is like it has nothing to do with off the field because they hung out a lot they went to a wedding together um and then there's this piece by jake trotter on espn where he said quote before his first browns game beckham provided every player with a new pair of nike air max 720 sneakers he did the same for cleveland's equipment and training staff um this was further down the piece uh quote odell is in his head and mayfield is pressing every time beckham is around one former browns team source said quote odell throws him off and it gets all effed up from there because baker becomes indecisive i think all this can be true where it's like like Odell is the type of receiver where he needs to find the right situation that can that can handle it like I would like to see him in Buffalo like you you go there you already got Stefan Diggs you already got um uh why am I blanking uh the the, why am I blanking on the other receiver 
and Buffalo, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but that's like, that's an idea. Like just throw him there where he's already in a, an elite room. Josh Allen's not going to overthink Odell Beckham. Like he's still just going to throw it up. Um, Lamar Jackson's not going to overthink Odell Beckham, but there are quarterbacks who will, and there, it just doesn't work as well. So I think Baker might just be someone who doesn't need a, need a big time target. Cause he has, excellent chemistry with Jarvis Landry. Like those two are, um, what is it? Simpatico, um, on the field. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, sometimes it's just the relationship doesn't work, but it seems like they're still cool. And OBJ seems like a cool teammate to have off the field. And he does right by the team and everybody there. And he, the locker room liked him. So I don't know. I think this is one of those where I don't think anyone came out looking poor here, in my opinion, outside of Odell's dad. Like I, that would, I'd be like, I would text my dad and be like, Hey dad, can you, can you not, can you go ahead and delete that one? I appreciate the support, but uh, can you go ahead and delete that one? Thanks. I, I am just, as you know, I am a big OBJ fan. I always have been. I think I always will. And I think the, you know, OBJ had such a coming out party his rookie year that it's got to be really frustrating to, to go through all the injuries and the trade and all of these things and really still be waiting to like prove to people like, no, I'm still that receiver. Like I am still this good, you know, and I'm sure that's what he wants. Uh, and he thought that, you know, maybe that he could be going to that. Once he went to Cleveland, they have the number one pick picking Baker, his buddy Jarvis is there, right? Like Nick Chubb, like this is an exciting, but they never really figured out how to get him the ball. And then he also was injured. I really hope that Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't get picked up on waivers and gets to be a free agent and gets to choose where he wants to go. Um, I don't know where he wants to go. Uh, I wish it was the 49ers, but I can confidently tell you that they can barely even get the ball to the three stars that they already have. And so I know that they wouldn't be able to get the ball to OBJ the same way. Um but other than that, I hope he goes, you know, I hope he goes to the Bills or the maybe the Chargers um, or, you know, something in general. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Seahawks would be weird. I don't know. I, I don't really understand why he, he really wants to go there. Maybe he and Russell Wilson are tight. I don't know. Um, speaking of Russell Wilson, he is back for week 10. He, per, he posted a weird video uh, highlighting his return to the field. Um, as Russell Wilson does. Um, what does his return mean for the Seahawks for you? Nothing. I think that the roster is still terrible. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But their, their team's not good enough to compete in mm. the, the division in which the Rams and Cardinals are in. I'm not. I'm not crossing them off yet. I'm until it happens. Until he doesn't win double-digit games, and until that is the case, I just I can't do it. I'm curious what it looks like down the stretch here, but I, I can't do it just yet. Um, Damon Arnett, 2020 first-round pick for the Las Vegas Raiders, in the news for off-the-field stuff because the Vegas season of hell continues. Um, where they now released him, uh, another first-round pick released early in his tenure. The Raiders, Mike Mayock, was really upset about it. Uh, just like, just feels bad about missing uh, to this degree. Um, but yeah, you you cannot miss on stuff like this. And I really am curious what Mayock's future is in Vegas with Gruden being gone and him being handpicked by Gruden. I, I don't know what uh, his future holds there. But uh, yeah, Arnett out in uh, Vegas. And my guess is he doesn't get picked up or touched anytime soon. 
Yeah, I mean, the Raiders have the worst draft in history, and that is amazing because they also have the biggest bust in history with Jamarcus Russell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Raiders still find new ways to be disappointing. And this draft is, oh my God, so bad. Quite bad, quite bad. Um, something that I thought was interesting, have you noticed this? Uh, the road team still, uh, I think as of this recording, have a winning record in 2021. Does that surprise you at all? I mean, the 49ers haven't won a home game in a year. <laughs> think about that. That is preposterous. Is it because that uh, where the Niners play, it's just really weird? And uh, I mean, really... I can literally say because I've been to two home games this year. Mm-hmm. The fan, the fans are great. Even okay. it's I, you know, I just it's the coaching, bro. It mm. is just the coaching, straight up. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, well, let's run through. Week nine's action: Colts on Thursday blow out Jets forty-five thirty. Josh Johnson came in as QB three because Mike White got injured in this one. Um, even Josh Johnson can put up numbers in this scheme. Another the floor scheme over here. But um, your guy, I think you have him on fantasy. Jonathan Taylor goes off. He's heating up. I I just the Colts are figuring some stuff out. I think it's going to come down to who's healthier down the stretch here with uh indianapolis and tennessee but i think it's going to be a neck and neck race um from here on out but uh did you pick up anything from that thursday night game i i mean i mean this sincerely this nfl season doesn't make sense and honestly it's not even just the nfl season because it's happening in college like we talked about this a little bit but usually like this far into the season for both college football and the nfl you really start to figure out who the good teams are and who the bad teams are. But like, you know, here we are, the Cowboys supposed to be Super Bowl contenders and have looked like it for the majority of the season. And they get dog walked by the Broncos who were struggling. Right. And then you go, okay, well, the bills best team in the NFL potentially. Oh my God, they're looking so good. And they lose to the Jaguars the worst team in the NFL. We were just confused about whether or not Urban Meyer is going to keep his job. So it's hard to say that anything surprises me because I, I just, I think this, this season is cursed. Is it because we're coming off of a pandemic? Um, you know, is it just because, uh, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know. John Madden came out of his hole and saw his own shadow. He got seven more years of bad luck or something. I don't know. But, like, football is weird right now. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I just don't think I have a good handle on a lot of teams at the moment. I think teams are still figuring it out. Um, It is odd. I think the injuries have played a pivotal role. It seems like there's just been injuries everywhere and just a weird, weird year that it's still – I feel like I'm not going to have a good handle on teams until – I I want another month to figure it out because I I don't feel strongly about the majority of the teams in this league. And that seems later than usual to, to really not have a strong perspective on this much of the league where it's like, the only thing I'm certain of really is that the Cardinals and Rams are legit, that the Cowboys offense is legit, that the Bucks should be the favorites to win back to back. And that's kind of all I'm certain of right now. Yeah, I mean, like, nothing makes sense to me at all. Speaking of things that don't make sense, the Tennessee Titans 28, the Los Angeles Rams 16, Mr. Swords. um, 
the Titans passer, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill, rather, uh, 4.4 yard de- uh, yard average depth of target. He only attempted two passes over 15 yards downfield per PFF. Um, Tannehill was bad. Um, we all talked about um, what Stafford did, and Stafford had a bunch of turnover-worthy turn plays. I think he ended up with three in this one. Struggled in the drop-back uh, drop passing game. Um, he had been the most efficient passer in the NFL to this point. But, you know, bad night for him. Tennessee played well. Uh, Beard played well. Uh, the defense showed up uh, in L.A. And you were there. Did you... Did you take anything strongly away from either team were you surprised at how both quarterbacks played what did you make of it well i mean so remember my best friend is a titans fan so i want to be nice Mm -hmm. but yeah i gotta say it must feel very weird giving up what the rams gave up to trade for matt stafford just to come in and have him look like jared goff Mm. i mean that interception that he threw last night was one of the most pathetic. I mean, literally, like, it was supposed to be a safety. Mm. We thought it was a safety, and mm. instead it was a pick six. But I, the one thing that I will say, you know, the Titans are rolling right now. They're beating the best teams in the NFL. They're like 8-0 against teams with a you know, what positive record or something like that. Uh the defense is playing lights out. Harold Landry is one of my favorite, uh, all-time favorite draft crushes I've ever had. I want the 49ers to take him so bad. Um, and they, they ended up taking Solomon Thomas. Uh, but, Curry's uh, still out on that one. Yeah, right. Well, actually, he's actually playing pretty well right now with, with the Raiders now that they're playing him uh, in his position. But, you know, the Titans got – they scored with two uh, really strong defensive plays. But for the most part, man – Ryan Tannehill and that offense did not do anything. They really couldn't get it going. After that first half, I mean, that game was boring for the rest of the game. You know, obviously, as you know, my, my friend being a Titans fan, it was it was exciting to watch him win. You know, he, we weren't expecting them to win. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was great to see the Titans beat a really good football team, and it's any given Sunday, yada, yada, yada. But, Man, if you need if you if you're gonna need to score points and that's the type of production you're gonna get, you, you got to be wor- a little sca- a little a little worried for the playoffs. Okay, I agree. Uh, Chiefs thirteen, Packers seven. Um, we saw more of this game than the Jordan Love family, uh, who are up there and the nosebleeds for this one, unfortunately. But uh, I found out doing some some research on this particular story because I was just pretty bonkers to see them pushed away up up in the nosebleeds for their uh for jordan's first start uh the utah state legend jordan love but um yeah it uh it was it was pretty wild but she the mom rather has attended i think every game since his freshman year at utah state i want to say so shout out to mom there unfortunately did not go their way um jordan love struggled in this one obviously the chiefs um had just traded for melvin ingram and they were sitting in the house and uh love just didn't have a lot of time and it was just a rough outing for him but also it wasn't as though the chiefs did a whole lot that impressed me either which is that like mahomes was 20 of 37 and i just when do we have the conversation about like 
okay I, i'm just i'm ready not even the conversation i'm just ready for the piece um whether it's pff football outsiders uh tyler dunn at go long td i just want to read the piece that explains to me what has happened to patrick mahomes this season and why he is struggling so much because when you're watching this game man when you're watching mahomes week after week there's just something not right he is not that guy this year um he's missing a bunch his accuracy has waned um there's just something off with this chiefs offense it's kind of like watching um alabama this year for me where like if you don't watch enough alabama you don't notice that like oh their record's still great and they're still gonna maybe make the playoff but like the offense is clunky and bill o'brien's uh calling plays this year and they moved on from sarkeesian who took the texas job but like the offense is clunky they can't run the ball there's there's problems bryce young doesn't look like uh, mac jones did last year whatsoever um and part of that is just that like it's just not there's something not right when you watch alabama and i think that's just how i look at kansas city where i'm like the talent's there um they should be able to figure it out i believe in the coaching staff but like as it stands right now there is there's just something wrong and i would love to uh listen or read someone uh far more um qualified to to tell me explain to me rather what's going on there because yeah jordan loves struggle but like i'm more i'm more concerned about the struggles of patrick mahomes what about you i mean someone said that i thought was super interesting they said patrick mahomes is playing this year the way that he's talking about himself, the way that I was worried he'd play when I was evaluating him from Texas Tech. Mm. And which that's interesting, right? Because then they're like, they're basically saying like, maybe Mahomes has really just been in the perfect situation possible and he's been able to thrive. But now that he's not getting the same looks, you know, now that he it, things aren't as easy for him, like he's starting to regress back towards kind of what people kind of were worried about. I think that's really interesting, right? Because I think this is not... I mean, I can't remember the last time that we've seen the level of success that Patrick Mahomes had early to then have the level of struggle. Um, I'm I'm totally down to blame it on his brother and sister, though. Those two are... Those two are absolutely... Well, no, not his brother and mixed. sister. That is his brother and wife. Oh, excuse me. Brother and wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, let's blame it on him, on them. They're miserable human beings. <laughs> That's a strong take. Oh. I, I mean, I care. couldn't handle it. The The videos that we see, the, the constantly recording, the constant, uh, just, I don't know. I, 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 it would drive me nuts. And he... Yeah, all, he mm-hmm. all I'll say is this. Mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying. In the beginning... I wouldn't, you know, who cares? Like the the kid, the brother's just being the brother. That's who he is, a person. That's fine. But after he's Mahomes has started getting cooked the way that he is, and you know his wife and brother both see it because they're social media people, right? And they just continue to act this way, and like he's getting recorded in a restaurant. They're doing a TikTok while he just sits there, like miserable. Like that they keep doing that to him like i just feel bad for the guy because those are that's just miserable human beings Mm. i don't disagree i don't disagree there uh your boy justin herbert uh got back on track against the philadelphia eagles they win 27 24 over philly uh philly is just a really weird watch uh herbert was incredibly efficient in this one 356 two tds 32 of 38 passing he went full will rogers here from mississippi state that's a that's a deep cut for my sec diehards uh tuning in tonight but um efficient 
like I said, Herbert was was awesome in this one, but I was curious because Jalen Hurts, man. So he's just got like he. I think he's being regarded as more of a checkdown guy, but that dude was pushing the ball uh, deep. So if you watch a lot of those plays and a lot of his throws, like he's trying, man. His average depth of target was thirteen point four yards. Um, this comes from PFF, I think, where it was like sixty four. Yeah, sixty four point seven uh, percent of his attempts were po- were uh, past the first down marker. He's trying, man. There's just not a whole lot of talent in this. Uh, Philly offensive room and uh I don't know I think Hertz is someone I'm still not quitting until I think this is not the right team for him but I think the second team might be the right spot like New Orleans this offseason um I don't know who it is but I do think there is an opportunity for him to still be a good good player in this league I've seen a lot let me put it this way at this point I've seen a lot more out of Jalen Hurts that leads me to believe he can still maybe succeed than I have from from Sam Darnold or even Carson Wentz even Tua Tunga Viola. Like there's a couple, there's a handful of guys who I'm like, I don't know if I, I, I would probably still trust him over those guys, but uh, we shall see. Maybe, maybe Pittsburgh's the right spot. Just moving one town over. I I, I don't know. Um, Jaguars nine, Bills six. This was the stunner of the weekend. You mentioned the Urban Meyer win here. Um, Trevor Lawrence wasn't good in this game. The Bills defense was actually really great. Uh, James Robinson did not play for, uh jacksonville in this one um they didn't do anything they they did not move the ball whatsoever but that defensive line josh allen sacking josh allen uh that was uh that was a thing that happened um but this is a stat that's pretty bonkers 21 total pressures for the jacksonville defensive line four sacks 15 hurries um do we start to worry about the buffalo bills offensive line here i i I just don't know what to say because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's zero world in which that game should have happened the way that game happened. But it did. I'm just – all I can do now at this point is just show up and watch them every week they play and see if that was an aberration or if there's deep trouble ahead. It's definitely, for me, the biggest upset to this point in the season, uh, the Jags beating the Bills here. Um, Ravens beat the Vikings in overtime. Apologies to good friend of the pod, Eric Thompson, the Daily Norseman. Rough rough weekend uh, for him there. Uh, I think Minnesota also went down on Friday, yeah. Um, so, rough re- weekend for the Minnesota football fans. But uh, something that was interesting, uh, the PFF also pulled out, was that Lamar's yards per attempt was going up every single quarter. And if you watch this game... The dude does seem to get better and rise up more, uh, especially this year where, I mean, if we have to look after week nine, like he's playing a style and he's rising to the point where you're like, okay, I think I feel most confident in Lamar and the Ravens making it out of the AFC right now. What about you? I think Lamar and the Ravens for sure. Yeah. Out of the AFC. Um, I still have a little hope of some interesting things. Okay. You know, I think that there's some teams that could absolutely surprise, but it's hard to say who, right? Uh, what I will say is the Raven, you know, the chargers are five and three and the Raiders looks like they're kind of slowing down. They've got a lot of problems in that building. Uh, Chiefs are five and four. They might have a, a, you know, kind of a surge late in this, in this, in the season. But, I don't know, man. 
it's hard to say. I don't know if I think the Titans are the best team in the AFC, although they currently have that record, and they have shown up in their defense and beaten all the good teams that they've played. So I think there's a lot of season left for, for sure. everybody other than the 49ers. That team is dead. <laughs> I still don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see. Um, last couple games real quick here before we get into our pick em this week. Uh, or forget the lines, rather, this week. Uh, 23 Giants, Raiders 16. Daniel Jones was awful in this one. Um, 3.6 yards, average depth of target, um, but does enough to get everyone to keep their jobs in New York. And then the Pats, 24, Panthers 6, Darnold, uh, Matt Rule not committing to Darnold. Uh, as a starter going forward, uh, Mac Jones with a really dirty play. Did you see this? Where he grabs Brian Burns' leg after uh, after the turnover and just pulls him down and hurts Brian Burns. Did you see this? So okay, I did, and I on, I'm not gonna lie and say that I studied it intensely. I just saw mm-hmm. it kind of like in passing, but it didn't seem that dirty to me in a sense of did like Mac Jones think he had the ball? No. So like, because so what was Mac Jones? Do you think trying? Well, I mean, he was sacked. So I think stop. he was just pulling him. I think he was just trying to stop him from running. I mean, he knew he did I, not have the ball in his hand. I, I mean, this is a four hundred and eighty pound piece of rock compared to Mac Jones, who is a schlubby, like six foot two, you know, whatever. So I don't think that he's. I don't think I can see even if Mac Jones is kind of a, a pos. Uh, him grabbing and trying to twist the ankle. I think he was just trying to make a football move and stop the guy. And the only thing he could grab was the foot. But, you know, I've wrestled with people before. And, you know, as kids, you you do that all the time. You grab the foot, whatever. I don't think anyone's ever trying to hurt someone by doing that. Like, if you're trying to hurt someone, I don't think that's the approach you would do it. So I I wouldn't say it's a dirty play. I don't think we have to go all the way and say it's a dirty play. I think we can just go straight to... It's a stupid play. Mm. Mac, Jones, Mac Jones is an idiot. What are you doing grabbing the ankle? What are you doing at all trying to stop the play, whatever, whatever? Like, that's not your job, right? Like, you're not you're not standing up to block, and you're the quarterback. Like, stop. Use your brain. Mm. There you go. That's Sword says for this week. That is the sword says uh, moment of this week. Um, but yeah, the Darnold experience uh, experiment is over. I'm very curious to see what Carolina's offseason look like. Cause I think there are a team that we can, you, you mentioned the Niners, but like, I think the, the Panthers are what they are. And I don't think Matt rule is back next year. I think he goes back to college. There are going to be some good college openings for him to peruse through. Um, I still think he's a great coach, but this is just, uh, he bet on the wrong guy. And uh, this is, this is not good. Christian McCaffrey too. Like I just, I don't think that man's ever going to be 100%. I don't no. think that's a thing. I, I, you know, I'll still never forget people saying that they thought Sam Darnold was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And they were like, well, you know, also the cap space. Like, imagine having all the cap space. Like, they just signed Stephen Gil- or Stephon Gilmore. They had Christian McCaffrey healthy for some games. It doesn't matter what you do with your team if your quarterback is bad. Mm-hmm. And Sam Darnold is bad. I like it. I like it. Uh, the Jamie Collins interception at the line of scrimmage in this game was bonkers. Um, and Mac Jones, fourth straight game without a turnover worthy play. Um, dude's just consistent, man. 
Do you have any remorse as a Niners fan that you didn't go Mac Jones there? Or is it still a TBD for you? Not at all. Okay. My remorse will always be Justin Fields. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I always, I, I always thought Justin Fields was the second quarterback, best quarterback in the draft. Thought he would have been perfect with Kyle Shanahan. Thought he was ready. Um, I'm worried about Trey Lance, not because of Trey Lance, but because I've watched the way Kyle's handled quarterbacks and whole. Trying not to swear on this podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am worried that, like, if Trey Lance really needs a lot of development, who's going to do it? Because Kyle gets into a fight with every single person he comes in contact with. Our QB coach is terrible, right? The offensive coordinator is, like, only one in name, right? Kyle calls the plays. So who's going to develop our quarterback? I don't know. I Maybe don't Tom know. Brady will, like, retire and become a quarterback's coach for the 49ers. We know that's not Kyle. No, it's not even, not even a tangible possibility. Um, well, let's do – our pick em, or forget the lines this week where we don't pay attention to what the actual lines are for this week in the NFL season. Mr. Swords, what do we got on the docket this week? Yeah, first and foremost, I wanted to just say I went through and uh, we got most of the, the games right other than the ones we but very obviously got wrong. Mm. You know, like I, Do you have the record I, in front of you? No. Okay. I'm too tired to do it again. Okay. But also, we both got the the Packers wrong, but I don't think we would have, yeah. obviously, had we known. Uh, but, yeah, going this week. Let's see. So, Ravens and Dolphins. I am absolutely picking the Ravens. I imagine you will, too. Is that the Thursday night game? Man, the Dolphins will fall to what? What would their record be now? Is that one and eight? Is that one and eight for them? Or they have two wins? No, they have two now, so they'll be two and eight. Who oh, man, um, that is that is rough. Um, and I think two is out, right? Because didn't he break a finger or something? He, yeah, he is out. Um, yeah, give me the Ravens. Okay, and then another potentially weird game: Saints and Titans. I'm choosing the Titans, but like. Wouldn't this be such a, a continuation of all this weirdness where, like, when now they, you know, after beating the Rams, they lost to the Saints? If you lose to Trevor Simeon in the year of 2021, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So uh, give me the Titans Tom here. Tom Brady? <laughs> it's true. Awesome. Uh, give Bills me the and Jets, I will be taking the Bills. Whew. Yeah, Bills, bounce back game for them. Uh, the Jets. They're fighting hard. It, it looks like Mike White will be back for this one. But, uh, yeah, I don't see the Bills dropping too straight. Like, can you imagine Buffalo? I would love to be on a sports radio call or show uh, if the Bills lose back-to-back games to the Jags and the Jets. But, no, yeah. give me the Bills. Um, Lions and Steelers, the Lions will be coming off a uh, bye. I don't think that really matters uh, for Detroit, who I think is going 0-17 this year. So give me the Steelers. I, I think if the Lions were to win a f- football game, Steelers playing on Monday night, short week, this would be it. But, yeah, I, I just don't know that I think that's going to happen. <laughs> so, But I hate the Steelers, so I'm not choosing them. So I'll take the Lions. Oh, the Steelers. Okay. If if the Lions are going to win this year, this will be the game. Hmm. Really. Okay. 
Colts and Jaguars. Uh, I think the Colts showed us this week that they actually aren't as bad as we thought, and maybe that does help my my mentality a little bit, having watched them beat the 49ers in a monsoon. Uh, so I'm I'm going to take uh, the Colts. I think that 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 was a fluke. Uh, getting that win against the Bills. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't think the Jags are beating the Colts and the uh, Bills in back-to-back weeks. Similar to the Bills not having back-to-back weeks of hell, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Jonathan Taylor's coming into his own. Uh, give me the Colts here to to win, and I think they win big. All right. I'm glad to see we agree. Uh, the next game will be the Bucks and the Washington football team. Oh. Oh, ugly game. Yeah, no, I'm not watching a second of this. And then from there we'll go Browns Patriots. I think the Patriots Ooh. Are so quickly becoming a more, uh, you know, commendable team. Mm. I mean, they really are a decent football team. I'm taking the Patriots here. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm going to continue my the Browns are overrated and Baker Mayfield's not that good i believe in the post obj baker mayfield uh so give me the the browns here to win i love that i love that interesting game interesting game falcons getting a little bit of momentum playing the cowboys who just just uh you know lost to the broncos i don't want any part of this game okay we're a year removed from the worst falcons loss in uh a calendar year and uh, I don't want to go back to Dallas. I don't know why we're playing in Dallas back-to-back years. I don't know how this happened on the schedule, but um, yeah, Dak will. I think he he's they're gonna be fired up. Like they they should not have lost to the Broncos and um, to beat the Vikings with Cooper Rush the previous week. Um, I don't know. I think they're gonna bounce back in this game. Obviously, meaning a lot to Dan Quinn, a former head coach of the Falcons. Uh, I don't know. If Falcons will be able to score enough, and I think this is a good bounce back opportunity. Uh, this is not the Vic Fangio defense uh, that the Cowboys will be going up against. So, um, something tells if there, if Calvin Ridley was available, maybe. But uh, I am curious to see who AJ Terrell gets matched up with and uh, what that looks like. But outside of that, mm, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, Cardinals Panthers. Um, you know, I gotta say this is interesting, right? Because why is this interesting? What? Well, it's interesting from this. I think that the Cardinals desperately need a bye week. Mm-hmm. In well, the this playoffs. is essentially a bye week because I think PJ Walker will be starting. No, this no, one. in the playoffs. Okay. I think they need it, and I think this is going to be another one of those games where they're playing a team that's not that great, and they're going to win. They might not, you know, like maybe a better, you know, a, a better situation. I think the Cardinals are just getting really lucky at their schedule right now. The, the 49ers absolutely lost that game. Now they get to play a, you know, a Panthers team that was really playing well at the beginning of the year, but Sam Darnold's become so bad that they probably won't be able to start him. Probably, like you said, go with uh, P.J. Walker. And I think the Card like, I, th- I don't know, man. The the Cardinals are, are cruising right now, and uh, I just don't know that they're that good. <laughs> so... They, they, they might be really competing for that buy. All right. Yeah, give me the Cardinals here. Uh, Vikings, Chargers. Ooh, I'm going to throw an upset. I think this is a game the Vikings win because I think Mike Zimmer is committed to 7-10, and 8-9. So I think they, they bounce back. 
Uh, I always like when we split games. I'll obviously be taking the GOAT, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers. My Los Angeles Chargers. (laughs) My Los Angeles Chargers. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm uh, a L.A. resident, obviously going to root for my favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great game. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going? No, I hope to never go to another football game for at least a season. <laughs> I am tired and poor. I have spent so much money this se- this season on football games, and please, dear God, no more. Is this going to affect the, the Christmas gift that you sent my way in a month? I don't really do Christmas gifts, but I will. If you want something, just tell me and I'll buy it. I want something 49ers to put in here, like a signed 49ers thing that I can hang up in, in the studio. Do, do you have like a man cave? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Eagles. Um, or wait, no, where are we going next? Eagles. No, we're, we're going to Seahawks and Packers. Mm, a lot of history between Rogers these two here? teams. Do you remember the coin flip scenario from... We want the ball and we're going to score. Yes. I think I'm the only person in the Pacific Northwest that even remembers who Matt Hasselbeck is. Mm. Did I, tell you the, I, I told you the, the Sean Alex Flounder story, right? Excuse me. Say that one more time. The Sean Alexander story? Sean, so I was in Seattle. Right. And we were at a sports bar. Uh-huh. And, and they did goldfish races. <laughs> They would race goldfish. <laughs> and and what I still to this day think is one of the most witty things I've ever thought of in my life, mm-hmm. named my fish Sean Alex Founder. <laughs> and not one person in that bar understood the reference. And this, mind you, was set six years ago, seven years ago. <laughs> So we're only like four years into, or you know, three years into the whole Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. right? And no one knew what I was talking about. No one knew who Sean Alexander was. Did you? Uh, did you win? No, of course it was. See, it was named after a Seahawk. Of course, he lost. How does that? How does that work? How long did it take? How long is the race? Honestly, listen, man. I <laughs> was not the one engaged in this. I just, you know, put a bet. You know, you place a bet on your horse, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but what they did is like you remember those like like uh, like those metal long light tube like housing things from like your like high school, right? Yeah, they'd flip those over on a table. Mm-hmm. They take water in a spray bottle and they'd spray it towards the fish to make this fish swim away. Oh, this seems kind of kind of mean. Kinda dark, huh? Yeah, yeah. So that's what they did. Well, this took a turn. This took a turn. That poor Dory, mm. that gold, you know. Uh, but anyways, uh, yes, I do remember Matt Hasselbeck's "We want the ball and we're gonna score," and then losing. Mm. Well, all that being said, give me the Russell Wilson return and the Seahawks here. Okay. Okay. I think uh, if Aaron Rodgers is here, the Packers win this. Mm. I'm gonna put that stipulation down. You can't do a sip. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You gotta, you gotta pick what you're gonna sink. You can't do with the caveat. No. If it's love, I'm going Seahawks. If it's not, I'm no, going Green Bay. No, it's not. You can't I'm do that. Not. Wait, why? Why would I not? I mean, you gotta go. You gotta pick one. It's, you gotta, you gotta dive in. It's not the same as like 
starting or you know like injury or whatever this is literally like a this is whether or not aaron Rodgers decided to pretend that the vaccine is you know not a, a real or the virus is fake mm-hmm. whatever i'm taking i mean he consulted with jerry and so things yeah. are fine looking up mm-hmm. eagles broncos a game no one wants to watch Oof. yeah i'm not gonna watch a second of this uh give me the eagles but i don't feel great about it give me the broncos and i don't feel great about it Raiders, Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely stomp out the Raiders as they get back to old form. Whew. Um, interesting. I the Raiders have played well. Like Derek Carr's been better than Patrick Mahomes this year. Um they signed Deshaun Jackson. <sighs> hmm. Coworker of mine is now a Raider, Max Crosby, signed with Blue Wire. Um you know what? Give me give me the Raiders here. I think the Chiefs, man, there's something off. I think they're a five hundred team this year. So give me the Jekyll and Hyde. Give me the give me the Raiders here. Okay. Okay. Uh I take the, the Rams. Mm. Rams are gonna win. Ooh. Choose the Rams. Rams on Monday night. How's this gonna work next week? Rams and Niners on Monday night football. We're gonna have to record a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay. Well, this is going to be a good game. It's a good Monday Night Football game. Is this a Manning cast game or no? I don't care. Oh, okay. I don't care mm. at all. Not even a little bit. Are you not an announcer guy? You don't really pay attention to what's happening on around the game? I am not an announcer guy, although I have been interested in watching the Manning cast. I just haven't watched one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't care about this game and my worthless 49ers football team. You're you say all that you say all that, Mister Swords, folks. And look, I know the 49ers Hub are big fans of this very podcast as well. A lot of Niners fans tune in uh, when you're on the pod every week. But look, we all know this is going to be true. If the Niners are up big in this one, or they are stomping out these Los Angeles Rams, you are going to be all the way locked in. You're gonna be hype on twitter.com like let's listen, not let's not pretend listen, that evan swords listen. is not getting up for this game if you're doing well listen mm-hmm. i will be watching this game mm-hmm. in sweatpants on my couch right eating chipotle okay and probably about halfway through mm-hmm. i will then move over to my computer desk which is in the same room mm-hmm. and start playing call of duty while <laughs> it plays in the background i don't care i am not emotionally invested I watched my football team lose three games in person, one of which was literally called a bomb cyclone. Pouring rain. I have no more energy to watch my favorite football team lose anymore. I have no more. I can't I can't do it. Am I checked out? No. Am I going to sit there and live tweet the game like I do most of the time? Probably not. But they're just they're going to lose. There is no world that they beat the Rams. I can't wait for this game. It's going to be a delight. Uh, I'm going to text text with you through this one because I don't know about that yet. We'll see. Um, but I like it. I, I like that you're trying to talk yourself into this being your reality because I think I speak for all 49ers fans who know you on Twitter is that I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy it for one second, sir. I don't buy it. I don't. It doesn't pass the sniff test for me. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's all I've got, Mr. Swords. Is there anything you would like to to plug as we wrap up here? Uh, on this very podcast um no as always you know what should people do keep listening to 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 chase Mm -hmm. um you know 
like I said it before, the say it again. Right. The one thing uh, you should do now, because mm-hmm. I literally have nothing left to live for in life, mm-hmm. that my favorite football team is right. very, very bad, um, is just at least give me something to, to be happy about, which is just going, you know, I've been coming on this podcast for what, a few years now, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's one more not year and you might be in the wedding. I'm just a guest, right? Hey, I'd love that. I'll be there. Nashville, get out of here. Wait, why or, are you assuming it Nashville? It, no, it would. Uh, we're we're actually still talking about that kind of thing, so we'll we'll see. But no, well, it'll okay. not be Nashville. Neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor. It's gonna be in the mountains. Uh, I can confirm that. I you listen. I have boots. I don't know <laughs> if you wear boots, but I have them. And, yes, uh, I wear boots quite often. Yeah. Uh, no, to the wedding. Okay. Uh, mm. No, but uh, yeah, but yeah, that's all I got, man. I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit a part of the part of the show, right? It's not my show, but. You know, you oh, you're going part of the show. You you going and giving a five star rating that takes like maybe fifteen seconds just to be a nice person, just to to you know ill us out, ill chase out. I think it's a nice gesture. I think it's the you know it's a Monday night. You're gonna probably hear this Tuesday. Mm. Why, not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not just do that nice thing and then hey, you did something nice for the day. I think it's a nice gesture. It's an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing to do. And also hit that follow button on burner underscore swords on twitter.com. Uh, make sure to follow myself at chase dumb underscore Thomas. Go to check out chase podcast.com again. If you have not already done so to get access to all my previous episodes, email us. If you have any NFL questions or life advice, anything like that for our weekly pods, chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is all I've got. Mr. Swords. Thank you as always. I greatly appreciate it, sir. And I will talk to you next week. All right, bud. Take care. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.